What's up, guys? Welcome back to Table 40. Matt and Leslie here. Uh, special guest today um, is uh, obviously, is well, first I'll say it's Mason Rudolph. Mason was a three-year starter at Oklahoma State, so I'm a big fan. Um, he was a Johnny Unitas winner, played three years at Oklahoma State here, um, was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2018, which is my dad's favorite team. So Mason is a, is a, is is highly thought of in the holiday family. Um, he is currently uh, training, working out in California, getting ready for another season of NFL football. We are happy to have him on and, and appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. It's an honor. Matt, we have another guest that has amazing hair. I mean, I'm so sorry. It feels like every single <laughs> she time. She likes to take a hair shot at me every time. We, <laughs> and we had Seth on and, yeah. and now oh, Mason. God. And it's just, is it hard for you? No, it's fine. <laughs> okay. It's fine. It was it was good while it lasted. Now I live vicariously through my through your two friends. oldest kids. Yes, through yeah. your friends with my awesome boys hair. Have long hair. Well, I'm super excited to talk to you, Mason. We have a mutual friend, um, or friends, I guess, is John and Carol Talley. And they've become near and dear to my heart since we've moved back to OSU. Um, just to tell you a quick story, we when we very first moved back here, I had a difficult time transitioning because I just didn't really know where I fit in um, because with Matt's job, we were able to kind of have this built-in ministry and, and that sort of thing. So I was praying about it one day and John Talley just came to my mind because I went to college at Oklahoma State as well. And I just remembered like the energy that guy had. And like, I just knew that was somebody yeah. that I could call. So I called him and I said, hey man, can I come hang out with you with FCA and kind of like work for you for free? And of course he was yeah. like, absolutely, come on over. And they've become just amazing friends and mentors of, yeah. of mine for a long time. So I would love to just ask you real quickly about, or as long, you can spend as much time as you want about the tallies yeah. and like kind of how they've impacted your life. Yeah, no, uh, John and Carol are, are great. I probably the first interaction we had was when I was considering Oklahoma State, uh, being from the East Coast in South Carolina, it was initially just kind of a, a shot in the wind. We got a phone call and, and you know, I got a scholarship offer and then I started to think about making a trip, but I believe on our trip there, uh, they didn't meet face to face, but my dad had been reaching out to all the schools that I was kind of strongly considering and um, trying to get the, the scoop on, you know, the FCA involvement, who the, you know, who the director is, is he involved? Is it kind of a thing that, you know, does he, does he, does the, does the guy come and speak at practice or is it just kind of a, he's, he's a resource here if you need him. And, and so my dad, kind of wanted to that was a part of his due diligence of finding you know a program or, or a person um to where I could stay plugged in and kind of have the uh you know still grow in my faith and, and for the, you know for the first time in your life when you're on your own and you're at school and you're you know out from underneath the, the home and, and your own parents so um and he liked John a lot and and, and who and John's obviously very uh energy like you said but uh so I, and I stayed very close with with John and Carol through through college and did a lot of the uh, team building exercises and <laughs> and um went to, went to church with them you know every Sunday that I you know felt pretty good which was you know, I, I, I was protected well we had a, we had a pretty darn good offensive line so um and uh we still talk today they've been to Pittsburgh to see some games and, and I've been back to Stillwater and, and he's a what a great uh, man of faith and, and a great, a wise leader. So, 
So let's get it. That's interesting what you say about your dad kind of doing his due diligence with the FCA, kind of reaching out and figuring out what that's all about at the universities you considered. Tell us about your growing up and, and kind of your impact your dad had on your faith and tell us about, you know, kind of how you came to faith and, and your parents and, and the impact and, and your family. I talked to Gary, a mutual friend of ours who told me family is very important to you and, and just kind of talk to us about your family a little bit. Yeah, um, they're great. I, I, my brother and now sister who we, we actually adopted my sister at age eight from uh, Kiev, Ukraine, and uh, she just turned 18. So uh, been a, a, you know, a 10 year you know, decade with her and getting to know her and, and you know, accepting her into our family and making her feel welcome. And, but um, yeah, I'm from, I'm from Rock Hill, South Carolina. Um, I grew up there, went to high school there, you know, middle school, high school. And, and um, I, I couldn't have had a better, I mean, situation uh, from a Christian based perspective with two rock solid parents who were both um, my mother was raised a Christian. My dad um, gave his life to Christ in high school through his wrestling coach who kind of witnessed to him. And, um, but he, you know, being out, he was not a part of a Christian family. He was the first and has since kind of been a catalyst for his family, but uh, two great parents, two athletic parents, dad played college football at North Carolina, uh, was a great player, all ACC um, player there and mother ran track at Liberty. So um I, uh, I, you know, thank them daily for the genetics that they were able to pass down to my brother and I. So, um, but uh, I, I was a little, I, I was just telling this to, to somebody the other day. Um, I was, we were homeschooled. So Logan and I were homeschooled. He's three years younger than I. Uh, he ended up playing college football at Clemson and winning the national championship and having a great career. But we both were raised, um, we were homeschooled and we were the kids that were, getting in constant fights at home you know, while mother's trying to attempting to school us and, and keep us separated. And then she makes a call to, you know, dad. And then he, oh. he communicates to us that, Hey, <laughs> I know it's only 10 AM, but when I get home, you've each, you've each got three spankings, you know, so <laughs> we got to look forward to that all day, but uh, it seemed like that happened a lot, but maybe it didn't. I'd like to think it didn't, but uh, my mom did a great job. You know, she was our mother, our, our cook, our, you know, she cleaned up. She, and then she was also our teacher. So, I thought that was um, was just a just a great way. Looking back, I'm so thankful that they did that. Not to say that kids who are parents who put their kids in private or public schools aren't doing a great job. I think just for us, it worked and, and it gave us, gave us a great firm foundation, um, schooling wise, but also in our faith. And um, made the move previous to South Carolina. We moved to Northern Virginia, so Dad took a job in in, in in real estate in Charlotte. We moved down from Virginia and he said, we're going to try to make you guys a little bit more sociable this year and less <laughs> weird and awkward. And we're going to put you in, we're going to put you in uh, Christian school, you know, private school. And so we did that for four years from sixth to ninth grade. And then eventually made the jump to public school, mostly because, well, not mostly. The only reason was to try to play football. I wanted to play college athletics. And at that point I, I thought that football was my best, avenue and so um we, we i transferred over and then logan kind of subsequently transferred over as well a couple of years later and and um and then, I, and then i made the move to oklahoma state chose them and um like i said before you know got a call from mike yersich who was the, the coordinator at the time and then you know, he passed the phone to gundy and I, I spoke to those two and and uh really liked both of them like their energy liked 
how hard they were recruiting me. I think there was a lot of other, other schools that were kind of had one foot in and one foot out and they totally committed to me. And once they knew that I had legitimate interest, it's hard to recruit a kid sometimes so far away and thinking that, why are we spending so much of our time on this kid? He's not going to come here. But I think when they figured out that, you know, I was seriously considering it, they really kind of uh, got all in. So um, that's a little bit of my story up until college. And, um, you know, then I got to, then I got to uh, Oklahoma state and saw posters and pictures of Matt holiday walking around the <laughs> facility. So that's, uh, that's, that's, a, that's kind of how it all flowed. So what other sports did you play in high school? I played, I played baseball, basketball, and, and uh, football. And, and actually, unfortunately, Matt, I, I quit baseball in high school. So last year was eighth grade. I pitched, I played first and third and hit very poorly. And, um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, it's hard to tell. I, I think I pitched okay. And, and, and you know, you never know if, if I would have stuck with it and really mm-hmm. specialized. I could have played at, you know, a, a good Division chance. two a good school point. potentially, yeah. you know, smaller <laughs> school, but I don't know. But uh, I, I, I saw, I guess I didn't fully know that, you know, your 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 history, and I talked to, to G, and he spoke about how you, know, you played quarterback at, at Stillwater High School there, and uh, he had a lot of opportunities, a lot of offers coming out, and uh, and then chose to go the baseball route. So I'm curious to learn about that. Yeah, you know, well. it's it's funny. <clears throat> I'm talking about like, you know, just the baseball and football thing, and and you know, just being an athlete in high school, and how early some of these kids specialize these days, and um, you know, I really didn't play much football before about the eighth grade because I was too big to ever get to carry the ball. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sixth and seventh grade, yeah. I was over the weight limit. So I, oh, yeah. I didn't really like football that much because I was an offensive lineman and my brother was playing quarterback. And so they, he talked me into playing and ended up, you know, I kind of got good at football later and had already kind of developed a passion to play baseball through my dad, yeah. who was also my dad was a coach and played baseball and played in the minor leagues a little bit. So just kind of that, I was going to say is your dad playing in college football, what was the relationship like with, with him putting, I don't know, how, how did he father you in, in yeah. helping develop your love for football and, and being a football player? Yeah, I think he, um, well, he told us, he, he, we always looked up to him, right? Because he, he played college sports at a high level and we, <clears throat> we put on his jerseys and he had a couple of his helmets and we'd play, you know, dress up in those. And we thought he was our, you know, he's our hero. And, but he made it very clear. He said, Hey, listen, I don't care if you, you know, want to be a professional, you know, violin player, I, as long as you, when you start something or you don't have to be professional, whatever you start, I want you to finish it. And I want you to, you know, uh, give it your all. I don't care if you're, you want to, you want to, like I said, play, play a, you know, be a musician or be an athlete, like whatever you do, I'm going to support you. And I'm not going to think any less of you if you don't choose to play football. That's just what I did. And we're all different. So, but we heard that and we, and we appreciated him not putting that pressure, but we all kind of, it was a, it was a kind of almost a competition. Like, yeah, thanks dad. That, that sounds good. That's nice and cliche, <laughs> but we're, we're, we're going to play football and we're going to be better than you. Or we're going to try to, we're going to attempt <laughs> to be better than you. And so, um, and he was great with, with, uh, I think teaching us um, that uh, if you want to play in college, which was our first kind of box we all wanted to check, it's going to take a lot of extra. And so, um, 
you know, hey, it's it's not going to be, you're not going to, you know, you might not be the most popular kid in school on the weekends when, you know, everyone's hanging out or there's a, you know, there's a house party or there's a, you know, there's a group of guys getting to get, you know, said, if, if you want to make a run at this thing, and this was probably more in high school, if you want to make a run at this and give it all you got and have no regrets and try to maximize your potential, uh, you know, it's going to take, so we, so he, he had a good, he kind of had a good foundation of, of strength and conditioning and he uh, would take us to work out on the weekends and, and, and we'd, we'd be do, doing the foot ladders in the backyard and throwing the ball. And he, he's, uh, you know, he played on the defensive side of the ball. He was a linebacker. So he, there wasn't much he could give me a pointer wise <laughs> with throwing the football. He, he didn't have the smoothest motion in the world, but I think just instilling that, uh, Hey, listen, it's, it's going to take more than just the bare minimum of going to the practice and going to the weight session at, at high school and, and calling it a day. And I think I, I kind of kept that um, mindset as well as my brother, you know, the rest of our careers. That's so important. That's something that Matt and I had the opportunity to teach Bible study to college athletes. And so Wednesday nights, we yeah. get the girls and Sunday nights, the baseball team's been coming over. And it's just the one thing I find very fascinating is this desire to want something, but yet a, a lack of desire to want to sacrifice for that thing that you want. And it is, it is interesting to hear you say that. And I mean, the conversation that we're having right now, we just had with our oldest son a couple of days ago, cause it was prom weekend and, you know, he had some choices to make. Like, what do you, what, what kind of decisions are you going to make buddy? You know, and, and it is cool to see your kids kind of start to figure it out a little bit. I mean, I'm not saying that he's perfect or anything like that, but it is cool to see him make, like, say, this is what I want to do. And then start to make like decisions to kind of align with, with what he says. And so, okay. So what advice would you give a young college athlete that this is a battle? Like what kinds of things would you do? Um, a battle with, with your priorities. Would you, yes. You know, that, that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> yeah. I think, no, I think, um, I don't know. I, I think, I think for me going so far away from home, right. When I committed Oklahoma state, it was not massive you know, euphoria or fanfare. It was like, where, where is that? Where are you going? Is that the, you know, you know, how far away is that? What color, what color, you know, what's, what's your, what are your team colors? And so, you know, if it wasn't Clemson or South Carolina, that wasn't a big deal. So that was, I kind of carried that extra chip on my shoulder. Like, you know, like I, I, I'm going to, I want, I'm going to, I'm not going out there to go to Eskimo Joe's and, and eat cheese fries and drink beer. Like I, I want to go out and, and, um, you know, become a starting quarterback and, and, and have a, you know, play a long career and eventually play in the pros. And, um, you know, so I think, uh, it was, you know, what a great school, what a great experience. And, you know, I had a great set of friends and, and guys that I was really close with, but I think you kind of see when you get there quickly in that freshman class, right. Who are the guys that are going to, you know, emerge and separate themselves out of that recruiting class and who are the guys that are going to, be interested in other things and live the party life or not be as all, you know, as all in. And, um, I think, um, that's just, that's how all of life is, but I, I kind of wanted to make my family proud and, and, and going so far away, make an impact with school and, and, uh, you know, try to keep my hometown, you know, I don't know, uh, aware of, you know, the Cowboys and, and, and how good we were going to be as a team. So when you talk about, so you, you made the trip out to Oklahoma State and you're, like you said, you probably didn't know many people when you got here as far as the, your teammates. 
what kind of as the quarterback and as the kind of the leader of the team as emerge as a leader of the team what was your I don't know what was your strategy to become a leader and and not just because you are the quarterback but what kind of leadership style would you say that you you developed or that you that you were trying to uh, I guess as a starting quarterback you have to be a leader but what, what was your style and, and kind of how did you develop that yeah I, I think that's a great question I think um I, I can't really speak about leadership without without mentioning Rob Glass, you know, and Mike Gundy, and and I think um, my dad always taught me. He said, "You don't want to be the guy that, that talks the talk and doesn't walk the walk." You know, he's you, you want if you're going to lead, which I want you to lead. I and mean, he always looked at us as, you know, and he's you know he said, "I want you to lead by example." And and, and so I think uh, we I, I, that's at least the way I tried to lead in high school. And I didn't I didn't try to say I wasn't the most, you know, articulate well-spoken motivational speaker I think that all comes with time and comfortability and you're in the respect of your teammates and coaches and you become more vocal over time but when I got to Oklahoma State as a freshman I, I tried not to open my mouth I didn't want to speak uh, we had we had J.W. Walsh on our team who was a you know very vocal solid player um, you know battle tested and, and, and he was the leader of our team and so I, I I knew my place but I also knew what I wanted to, to, to be and, and so I think I think, I think, man, I, I remember so many, so many, you know, so many times walking into Rob Glass's office, Mike Gundy's uh, office, and 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 Rob especially because Rob, um, he was with, he spent more time with you right in in the off season because I came in as I came in as a freshman, early. I graduated high school early, so I came in there in January, and and that was the hardest semester of my life with Rob because he, you know. He, he just puts you through a grueling 12 weeks of training and, and running and stadium runs and 200s and, um, you know, the, the lifting, the Olympic lifting, that stuff that I had never done. So I was, I remember sleeping in the fetal position in my bed over there in, in up there on, I think, Morsani, Sitlington. And because my, my core was so sore, I couldn't like flex, you know, stretch out because I would, I'd, be, I'd be in pain. So I'd, I'd kind of sleep like that. And then I'd walk hunched to class. And so I, I, I wasn't ready for the, for the body by glass program, but um, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, I think Matt, I'd, I'd say, you know, lead by example. I, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to overstep my bounds. I think you got to really, you got to really earn, earn the respect of your teammates and your, and, and the coaches, by the way, that you, by the way, you lift weights in college. I mean, people are always watching, they're watching how the quarterbacks, you know, go about every facet of their life. So I think, and, you know, tr in the training, that was important for me to give it my best and, do the best I could, you know, and, and um, try to compete with some of the more athletic, the receivers and and the linebackers and the, and the numbers that they're putting up in the weight room. So I, I thought, um, you know, I, I tried to, I tried to do that. And then I think practice is, you know, another actual football. And once you get to actual football, you kind of know everybody. And I think, I think uh, the weight, you know, Rob Glass's training and strength and conditioning program really helped. Um, you know, meet kind of uh, meet people and, and, and meet the team before we got on the practice field. So that's really cool. I have to ask you too about um, your Sea Galilee experience. Carol said I would be really sad if I didn't ask you about your trip. I say that again. My, did, my what? Your, did you go to the Sea of Galilee? I did. Yes. No, I did. Yeah, Carol. I guess yeah, Carol. Would yeah, know she that. told me. I, uh, she told me about it. She said you have to ask Mason about this trip, and I said okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was, uh, interesting. I, I, 
my grandfather uh, is a is a pastor in Northern Virginia, and uh, he's he his he's taken his church on probably five or six now trips to Jerusalem and, and done the 10 day kind of the, the tour sightseeing, you know, three nights in sea of Galilee, a night in Tel Aviv and three nights in Jerusalem and, and then back. And so he wanted me to, to go on that trip with him. And, and, uh, we scheduled it while I was home, you know, that you had that month of May off in college. Right. And so we, we did it, we did it then. And, and it was, it was kind of, it was, it wasn't a hard sell. Cause I, I've never been, I've been to very few places out of the country and I've always wanted to go see, you know, the Holy land. Right. And so, um, but it, you know, I, what they didn't tell me was you're going to be the youngest guy on the trip by about 40 years. You know, we're, we're, there's everyone's getting, we're going to, we're going to be in a big bus and there's going to be 65 year olds everywhere you look. And we're, you know, we're going to be we're gonna enjoy our time. So I, I was the youngest and I, uh, I enjoyed it. And I thought I, I learned a lot from the trip and yes, we were in the sea of Galilee, stayed there at a, at a, you know, hotel for three nights and w went on a boat on the sea galley and, and kind of did all the things that you, you do when you go over there. And, you know, I guess where Jesus was feeding the 5,000, you could, you know, from, from the water, you see there's a few hills where they think it might've taken place. And then you go to Jerusalem and you see, you know, the, the couple of the potential grave sites, the tomb and, and all the, you know, the wailing wall and the temple mount and, you know, what, what a great, unforgettable trip that I was able to share with, with my grandparents, but, uh, no, it was, it was, a you, you know, team, you're, what are you doing? Where are you, you're, you're going where with who, <laughs> you know? So it, it was, uh, it was interesting, but I, you know, it was a great trip and I really enjoyed it. Well, I'll tell you what made me think of it is Gage Gundy just came over and I just saw him walk in the backyard and uh, it's Mike's youngest son. And yeah. Jackson said, well, we've got to be really quiet. My parents are doing a podcast with Mason Rudolph. And he goes, oh, man, that's that guy's a really big Christian. And he's seen Jesus's tomb. <laughs> oh this is Gunner said this. Yeah, no, oh, Gage. No. Oh Gage. Gage, Gage, the oh, youngest Gage. one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, nice. it just really tickled me, you know, because <laughs> it's amazing. Tomb, yeah. yeah, he's a really big Christian and he's seen Jesus's tomb. And yeah. I just think like it is amazing, though, the impact that you can have on people that you don't even know that are watching. Right. And so like the kids of, of the coaches and, and I don't know, I just think it's such a neat thing that, that you took leadership very seriously, that your parents instilled values in you that you believed and, and applied to your own life. And, and then you're able to impact coaches, kids and coaches in ways that um, man really make a difference in, in the lives of, of, of these young athletes that are understanding now that they can, pursue their goal or their dream and do it, do it the right way and do it with some integrity. So I for yeah. sure applaud you for that, you. but I appreciate it. I just, last time I saw Gage, he was, I was at Gundy's house. This was, I think, I think it was the summer of 2020. It was like May of last year. As I said, you know, we saw Gunner and Gunner was in and, you know, Gunner's a quarterback and we're good friends. And I said, where's Gage? And he, you know, Mike says, "Oh, he's he's out by the back. He's working on the he's working on the pickup truck." I'm like, "All right, let's go. He's working on the pickup truck. Like, what, you know, let's let's go see him." So he, I mean, he this guy was greased up, both hands, head underneath the hood. Yeah, I mean, big time mechanic. I guess it's his this his passion. Loves loves working on old cars and fixing them up. And, and uh, so, and he and he shot up. He's huge. I mean, he's so tall now. He's, he's yeah. really grown a lot, and he's a good dude. So that's yeah. that's my last gauge memory. <laughs> so let. And transitioning into the to the NFL, like I don't know. I guess when you talk about like the difference between college athletics and pro athletics, 
what what has been the kind of the difference that you've seen? Is there going to be anything um, from just being a professional to being a, an amateur that kind of jumped off the page to you? Uh, I think, um, well, I think you hear about it, especially playing quarterback in, in, in college, and then you get to in the NFL, and the first thing that hits you in the face is the, the playbook and the complexity of, you know, the terminology and the the added responsibility for the quarterback. You're you're you're, you're taking charge of the protections in the run game, and you're uh, there's hot and side adjustments in the pass game with receivers, and there's multiple, you know, routes and different conversions on each play, and and, and you really got to spend a, you know an extra time to digest that. And, and I think um, you know we we've got a great a lot of resources in Pittsburgh and they've done a great job of teaching and uh, getting, you know, me up to the speed from the time I was a rookie. But I, I would say, Matt, you probably, I mean, you probably seen the same thing in, in baseball, but it's uh, it can be a really every man, you know, every man for himself type of a environment where, where it is a business and, it, and it's, and it's a profession and, and there's guys that are immediately you meet and they're feeding families and they're that take it extremely seriously, you know, more serious. And I thought I took it seriously in college. And then you get there and you meet guys um, that uh, just work their butts off and, and uh, really, uh, you know, approach, you know, football like life or death. So I think, um, you know, being around so many great players on our team and watching the way they work and watching their, um, you know, the way, the way they go about their business and taking care of their bodies and health and nutrition and, sleep and trying to get each and every edge they can and I, I i've tried to you know uh take take a bit of you know bits and pieces from other teammates and and you know find who's the best massage guy in town you know where, where who's the best nutritionist how can i you know take my game to the next level to you know be prepared to um you know take you know uh play well when i get you know my numbers called upon so um it's it's i'd say you know just the overall Obviously, the playbook from a quarterback's perspective, the added responsibility on your plate. You know, combine that with with the, um, you know, that's just the business approach and and the, um, you know, probably you know, just taking care of your business individually and, and and trying to make the team better. So, yeah, that's that's interesting. Do you find that it's a different vibe with your teammates? Like, as far as it be, feels a little more kind of professional. Like, it's not as you know, as I don't, I don't know. I, I guess it does. You, yeah. You, I think you get the chance to spend as much time with your teammates, at least in baseball, we had road trips where you were, yeah, you had no choice, but to spend time away from the field together. Yeah. I just find it, it. I just wonder if uh, in the pro football round where you, you really don't spend much time away, you know, eight or 10 nights a year away. Right. As far as being, I guess yeah. training camp might be a little different, but is yeah, there, all- are you able to develop the relationships and close knit unity that that similar to college, or it's just much different because of people are grown up and they have families, and there's just a different vibe. Yeah, no, I, I think um, I think the guys that are obviously the guys that are you know, they're single and they don't have a family to go home to. You, you you obviously gravitate towards those guys, and you'll you'll go out and you'll do dinner on a Friday night of a game week and get a group of guys and go and you know go grab a bite to eat and and try to you know, take a break and, and take a, take a breath from the week and the week of preparation and enjoy yourselves Friday and then right back to business Saturday morning. So, um, but I've got a lot of friends that have, in our team that have, that have the families and, and, and have kids and, and that I really look up to as, you know, um, kind of older brother figures and, and, uh, you know, a guy like Alejandro Villanueva, um, 
it was you know our left tackle for my first three years and you know what a smart art, articulate well-spoken you know uh player and, and man and he's he's uh you know the offensive line in pittsburgh really kind of set the tone and, and they man they they debate all things you know politics religion um <laughs> current events i mean it's a constant chirping and heated arguments and 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 and, and alejandro was was right there in the thick of thick of all of it and and, and uh he, he he was uh he's now a free agent so i'm a little bummed he won't be back but you got guys like that and then you guys guys that are younger that uh you know i, I was drafted with james washington terrell edmonds uh, you know that i'm r- r- really close with and, and we all get together that's why that's why 2020 was so hard for everyone but but especially you know in our sport it's it's like you said you want to get together with your friends and your teammates and bond with them off the field and have those experiences and memories where you're not you know where it's not high pressure high situation and uh, that was you know at at times you you felt robbed of that extra Mm -hmm. time to kind of connect and 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 become closer because of the restrictions and the protocols so but uh it's pittsburgh's a great place to be and what a great city and how crazy they are for their you know their three sports and um it's it's really been a fun place to play football that's incredible you know, Mason, when Matt and I were um, starting out in his pro baseball journey, we had several mentors that, by the grace of God, they were they just sort of, they really impacted our lives over the course of the years. Is there any has there anybody been anybody that that's been kind of that way to you or? Yeah, I think um, I still talk to you know Gundy, Mike, and and, and Rob Glass and, and G very frequently. Um, you know, my high school head coach, but I'd say, I'd probably say, you know, other than my dad and everyone's built, I mean, dad, my, my dad was still my biggest mentor, my hero, and, and, and the guy that I go to with everything because he's, he understands me, but, but I think Gundy and Glass, I, I really do, um, you know, speak to them a lot and we talk very frequently. I just talked to, you know, Gundy about a week ago and talked to Rob and Lori, his wife, you know, a few days ago. And so, um, I wasn't able to make the spring game, but we know that those, I think just the way that they both took me in as an 18 year old freshman and the way that you know, they, they poured into me and invested and, and watched me grow, you know, until I left that place at 22 was um, pretty special. And, and, and when I move on and I, and I, and you go through adversity and, and, and you're, you know, apart from those guys physically, you know, I, I, I definitely wanted to keep the relationship you know, where it was and, and, and continue to nurture it because I know how, how much I respect those guys' opinion. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I keep them in a loop and they keep me in the loop and, you know, and Gundy, you know, Gundy gives me the report on how Gunner's doing in spring practice and, um, you know, how his wife's doing and the farm. He's, a, you know, obviously you guys know he's a big, big farm guy. He's got the chickens and I think he's, <laughs> I think there's a, there might be a peacock out there, one or two. He's got some very odd, uh, things but he's, he's an outdoorsman and and uh and so is rob rob's rob likes to hunt and 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 uh just love the, the door of those two guys and really thankful for what they've done in my life so that's great that's great yeah all right so every time at the end of our podcast we have a couple questions that we ask and so it's called table 40 so because we loved as as a couple and, and in the in the sport we off days evenings whatever we have people over all the time and we love to just sit around the table table 40 and so question is if you had one meal to have 
who would be there. You get six or eight of your favorite people. You can or don't have to include your family. We, they can be there also. But just yeah. few your people and what are you eating? Okay, table 40. Um, yeah, I think, so So excluding family, uh, which is hard to do, but, um, and I can, and I can go back and choose, was this a, is this a de deceased? Whoever. Uh, this is whoever you, who you, ever you want to be. Anybody. Okay. So, all right. So six people. So, um, man, I, I, I think, uh, gosh, I'd probably say, you know, I've, I've never met, I've never met Joe Montana, but I, I've, I've always, I've, I've, I've looked up to him and I, and I, what a great player. And, and you know, love his story and and the things he fought through. I think he's he's probably there. I think Tom Brady's there. You know, obviously, I you know just want to you know what what a respect I have for him and his career and and the things you know, the way he came into the career is you know is to the, to the league as a, as a six round pick and just the uh, you know the stories I've have heard. Have you gotten I've never a chance to Tom. talk to him? You haven't even. I've never no, I've never met Tom, so I, I think he he'd be there and and then. Um, you know, uh, someone from history, I think, uh, I'm, I'm kind of a, a history buff. Who, who would I, you know, I, 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 um, I'd say, uh, probably, um, you know, let's, let's throw Alexander the Great in there. I think, right. he, uh, you know, one of the youngest, you know, most successful as far as what he's able to conquer in, in, in his lifetime. And, um, and then we'll go, then we'll go Abe Lincoln because you got to throw a president in there, and um, you know, uh, wise, uh, you know, highly respected uh, president. And then um, golly, somebody funny, somebody to make you know, somebody to crack some some jokes. Maybe like uh, maybe we'll go Will Ferrell. You know, so just a very wow. diverse table. This has been my favorite so. answer so far. What are you, what what's, um, what's being served? <laughs> Well, you'll have again. to get Tom Brady in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll have avocado ice cream. And, um, <laughs> no, we'll, ha we'll have, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, why not go, sur you know, surf and turf for everyone? I think, you know, everyone's come from different time periods and they probably, probably can all appreciate a steak and, you know, a, a lobster tail. And, and then we'll, you know, we'll go, uh, <laughs> the drink, we'll, 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 uh, we'll go, uh, yeah, we'll go water, and then you know we'll, we'll, there'll be a there'll be a cocktail list, but that'll be private, and you know to to whoever makes the order, you know we'll just pass that around, and right. and uh, you know in case uh, in case you know Abe, Alexander Abe has, has yeah. I'd be interested to see what yeah like what Abe's drink of choice is. Yeah, so, that would be, be amazing. Alexander yeah, the Great, so. he's probably like a. Do it. I don't know, probably a Scotch on rock. Yeah, probably a Scotch guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, bourbon, either bourbon or yeah, not for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think, uh, yeah. I'm, I, like I said, I'm into history, and I, I, I'm very fascinated by those time periods and and the different leaders that have, you know, been that established themselves through through history. So that's my boring group of guys. I don't, I don't know. I think they'd be pretty fun. So. I got to tell you, Mason, that's my favorite table that we've had so far on the Gosh. podcast. It's definitely the most diverse. Yeah, it's really, wow. really awesome. What a great answer. I, I love it. this so much. <laughs> this Thank has you. been fun. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. We are uh, obviously, yeah. I don't ever say, like to say good luck because I don't know if I believe in luck, but we're rooting yeah. for you to uh, appreciate it. get opportunity and, and uh, have a successful NFL career and 
whenever you're in town, you might have to stop by for a, come around the table. Yeah. Yeah. And I really want and, to invite your parents because they sound yeah. amazing. Yeah, Thank you. you. No, I, I just, uh, they just, they just visited me out here in California and, and uh, we're very, very close. And no, I'll, I'll, to, I'll, I'll bring them with me my, my next Stillwater trip, but I got a question for Matt. I, I was curious as to, you play, you know, played on a few different teams and, you know, a long career and you've seen it all, but who would you say, you know, the most talented player you've, you've ever been, you know, you've ever, you've ever played with and you've seen them work and you've seen them the way they approach the game. So I would say the most talented when I, when you talk about, when I played next to Aaron judge, he was like a talent, like I'd never been around as far as really? like just six foot eight, 275 pounds. Looks like he could play tight end. we we used to go mess around on the road. We'd go to basketball gyms and I'd throw him alley-oops and like, he's just windmill and dunks. And wow. I was, I watched him hit batting practice and I thought this is the most physically dominant person I've been around in baseball. I played with Albert and Albert's wow. and his prime was as far as hitting goes, but as far as like a, just a overly incredibly, like this guy could have played any sport um, can yeah. hit a ball out of sight. Awesome guy. Um, has a great arm, great on defense, like underrated on defense. Um, I hope he can stay healthy because he's got really does have Hall of Fame talent. Um, yeah. wow. So I would say him. But then, you know, I, I can't, you know, Albert Pools is one of the greatest baseball players of all time. And playing against yeah. Mike Trout, Mike Trout's um, when you combine speed and incredible hitting skill. I mean, it's hard to. Yeah. And Otani, you know, as far as just crazy freak can throw a ball 100 miles an hour and, and the you know, kind yeah. of the talent that he has. But as far as being up close next to somebody, it's got to be Aaron Judge for sure. Yeah. Wow. So, I believe, I've heard he's a believer as well. I, I, he is, he is an him. awesome guy. He is, uh, yeah. he is one of my favorite, particularly young teammates that just was so humble and just, just a good guy, just really raised yeah. by incredible parents and, and uh, knew that the New York spotlight wouldn't change him or, or uh, yeah. you know, really be a problem for him. So he's, he's a cool guy. I wish I could see him more and spend more time with him. And like I said, I, I hope he stays healthy because just yeah. so, so talented and, and yeah. uh, you know, it's it, freak injury. So I think he'll be fine. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Very, uh, it's very curious. That's but I was talking cool. to CC Sabathia recently said that Shohei Otani's the best overall baseball player he's ever seen. Really? Yeah. Wow. Just as far as being able to run, throw, hit. Yeah. All the all the things that that he's, you know, he can do. It's it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Like he's leading the yeah, league. First guy to lead the league in home runs that started a game on the mound since Babe Ruth. Wow, that's so. crazy. Pretty, yeah. pretty impressive. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, thank you, Leslie. Thank you. Oh, Thanks for having having me. And, and uh, yeah, we won't have to connect but next time. It's still water for sure. Yeah, man. Thank you for listening to Table Forty with Matt and Leslie Holiday, part of the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. For more stories on sports intersecting with faith, visit SportsSpectrum.com.